This week is another advice episode, so I'm going to be talking about something that I have actual experience on that I feel like if anyone is out there struggling and wants a friend to give them advice from experience, here it is. I, I've got it. Um, and in this situation, I am going to be talking about situationships, particularly I'm speaking to the people that do not want to be in one or are trying to avoid falling into that, for lack of a better word, trap. If you, however, are totally okay with non-committal situationship type friends with benefits goings on, then this is probably not an episode for you because I do support you making that choice. Having done my situationship originally in that mindset, I can understand 100% where you're coming from and I can support you in that. I do advise, though, you need to know for sure that you really are not looking for anything committal from anyone before you enter into a situationship. That is where I got in trouble. So that's my advice on that. If you're okay with that, you can run along and stop listening to this episode. Okay? All right. They've left. So this is for the rest of us who are looking for commitment, who would love to be in a relationship with someone who reciprocates and might be afraid that you either have already fallen into a situationship or you aren't sure. So I'm going to explain to you exactly what it looks like, at least in my experience, what it looks like and what I've seen other people experience and then give you some advice on the best ways to either leave it or avoid getting into one in the first place. Hello, Grim. How are you? Oh, yeah? She's probably going to be a little needy in this episode. I don't know what's going on with her. I took a trip to Savannah the other day, and ever since I got back from that, she has acted like I left her to the dogs and needs extra attention. So she's just sitting right next to me, getting some love. And uh, anytime I stop petting her, she gets annoyed. So I will do my best to entertain her while I also am recording this podcast. I have a life, Grim. You can hear her purring. It's so cute. I love you so much. Okay, so situationships. Backstory, if you've not listened to any of my other episodes, um, just, I was in a two-year-long situationship with a person who I still respect and a person who I still like to this day. I am not in any shape or form dissing any person who engages in a situationship on either side not mad at this person I do not think they're evil and I don't think anyone that does the situationship on either side is like the bad guy in these situation in these situationships however I do wish that I had someone out there who had a a situationship none of my friends had at that time Um, ever been in something that they would quantify as that and had I had some advice I feel like I wouldn't have had my world turned upside down and um, have my feelings hurt so severely by my own reality that I created for the situationship and I would have walked away sooner that's for sure and if I can save you from that then this episode will be worth it let's start there 
Okay, Graham. <laughs> You're so funny. This two-year-long situationship, there are things that I regret I didn't do. One of those was stopping when I got feels for that person. Stopping when I realized that it wasn't a casual thing for me anymore. Another regret is not walking away when I became aware of the other girls that he was talking to. When the bubble of my idealized fantasy of our relationship got popped because I realized that he was talking to other girls the same way that he talked to me. And that was okay under our casual arrangement, but it hurt me. And that hurt all pains, I feel like, including anger pains, when you're like angry at someone and it hurts, those are all signs of something that you need to do and something that is a dialogue within yourself that you need to address. So I regret not taking that bubble popping hurt in reality to signal to me that I either needed to um, DTR with this person to see if it was going anywhere and if they weren't ready for that commitment, walk away. It would have saved me a lifetime of hurt and confusion um, all due to my own adult decisions. And 100% what I regret is forgetting that if someone puts me in a maybe category, that that's a no. And to no longer live in a limerent, ideal, idealized understanding of our relationship to possibly maybe could progress into any area. I regret not saying he's put me in a maybe category. That means I need to see some, I need to seek out other people to date because there's going to be someone who's going to make me a yes. And I want a yes. I don't want to be a maybe. But instead, I decided that maybe was enough of a enough of an answer for me that I settled to put myself on the bench in this game of love instead of making sure I was at play when this is my life like he can put whoever he wants on the bench in his game but for me this is my life and I don't choose to sit like I'm going to be an active participant okay so those are the things I regret not doing so I'm going to help you at least have the advice to listen to if you so choose because I know that I, I, like at one point in my situationship no one could have said anything to me to make me leave I had my own limerent fantasy regarding it that needed to be popped by myself before I was going to do anything so I get it I don't judge but at least you have someone who has your back I'm not judging you for entering this but you are better off without it. You don't need that blow to your self-esteem right when you are starting to feel out whether or not someone is a long-term commitment to you. Once you catch feels and you're deciding, I actually feel like I could see something with this person. I could see this growing into something with this person. And you have a bubble pop of, oh, they talk the same way with that person. Oh, I'm not the special one. Everyone gets the same treatment. Mm, your self-esteem is going to take a huge hit just like mine did and it was a very confusing situation because I almost felt like I was not like it's not even like worthy it's not that's not the word I mean it's like it was almost like well I should have known better in this situation to catch feels for this guy 
And of course he wouldn't, I hate those statements. Of course he wouldn't treat me special. Like, no, honey, you are special. I hate that, that, that these situationships can have the potential to put you into a self-esteem spiral. Like, I, that, I just really don't think they're worth it in the end because of that. If anything else, just for the fact that you will go down that spiral. So again, the very first step before you even, like, if you are dating right now or if you are engaging in a flirtatious interaction with someone who has the potential to put you in a situationship, you need to, step one, decide what you want romantically. Are you looking for a relationship? Are you looking for something casual? Are you dating towards marriage? Are you dating towards um, finding your life partner? Are you not wanting really to date at all? Like you need to know everything about what you are looking for before you bring another person into your intimacy circle. That way, when things go down, you already have a very honest conversation with yourself establishing this so there is no confusion and you have less of a chance of going down that self-esteem spiral when you find out that you know this person is engaging with other people hi bb hi bb oh the um the reason why i say you need to be aware of if you're looking for love in general it's because when I started my situationship, I was still in love with Preppy and, and there was a big part of me that was hoping and holding out for him to figure out himself and come back to me. Like that that was my another limerent idea of a relationship I had with someone else. So my situationship fed a level of intimacy and grew a friendship that at the time it was very casual and it was non-committal on my side. It wasn't seeking out anything romantic with that person. But because I had an internal goal towards romance, I had a goal that I did want to be in a relationship. I was setting myself up for failure because I was being intimate and romantic with someone who was physically there. And eventually I realized that I would have liked to have had someone physically around me, someone who was there and was quote unquote choosing me in a limerent sense. <laughs> he wasn't choosing me, but it felt better than having a obvious no that I was getting from Preppy. So that led me into my feels and another fantasy that I, I spun around, even though I had confirmation from this guy that he was no, had no intentions of being in a relationship with anyone and that with me, it was a friendship with intimacy. Like that's, that's what it was. And so mentally I had accepted this, but physically and emotionally, I don't think I did. Well, eventually after I got feels in the beginning, I did. So my personal advice is, the first advice I have for you is if you're reaching that that door of, actually, I think I could commit to this person and they have not progressed with you at all, have the conversation, commit or leave. Like that's my podcast episode for, for today. Thank you for listening and, and goodbye. <laughs> that, that is obviously 
it sounds easier than it is to do. So here are some signs for you to check off the list as you're interacting with these people and decide whether or not it fits the bill. And if you're in a situationship, you might want to, and again, with match your goals, you might want to um, cut and run. That's that's what I think anyway. The first sign you're walking into a situationship. I'm going to be calling this term emotional tightroping. This is not a clinical term. I'm making it up based off of an image in my head of how these conversations go in situationships or like the foundation of situationships. And the reason why I think of the tightrope is I think of it as a very imbalanced, um, tiptoed type of movement when you're on the tightrope. You know, like, they have their hands out. They've got like maybe a parasol in their hands on their tippy toes and they're walking back and forth and they're twirling. And, and the crowd is, oh, amazed. Look how beautiful that and well trained they are at walking that very thin line. <laughs> You see the comparison there? Okay, so this is emotional tightroping. And these are where they have that circus very like impressive but imbalanced emotional boundaries with you that leave you unsure if you're actually okay with those things. But just enough of a commitment to you so you can't walk away. Well, you can walk away. No one's trapping you. You, you, You're willingly walking into a prison you're making for yourself, basically. But you are less likely to walk away. Others might just call this like a blanket statement of emotional manipulation. And it is emotional manipulation. But the difference that I see with emotional tightroping is that the people who are on the tightrope really do believe what they're saying. It is not intended to manipulate anyone, but it is manipulation. It's it's the attempt to, I really like this person, but not enough to commit to them. And so they want to have their cake and eat it too. They don't intend to be hurtful. You've walked into that circus tent and you're watching and they're like, hey, here's this. And you say, "Okay, I'll sit down and stay. Whereas emotional manipulation is they will literally follow you out the door of the circus tent and try to close the doors on you. It's a little nuanced, in my opinion. I'm going to show you a couple examples of emotional tightroping that you're welcome to play the circus song behind as I say these. In fact, I encourage it. If you don't do it, I will actually judge you. Okay, here's some statements that you might hear, or at least something along these lines. I want to build trust with you and grow our connection while also seeing other people. Wow, doesn't that sound like a very thin line on a boundary? I want to build trust with you where that's something that you need to build through showing examples that you are trustworthy and you want to grow connection with that person. That's also beautiful, but it also comes through a level of commitment. There is a level of commitment there to grow trust and connection. This is where the twist on the tightrope happens while also seeing other people. I don't know any people in general that would consider building trust something easy to do while also seeing other people because if you're not in a polyamorous relationship, the conversations that are had with those other people, those interactions that are had with other people are now secret from you. 
And when you have secrets, especially secrets with someone that you're intimate with, you're always going to have that in the back of your head. And it's going to build a level of distrust with that person. They're always going to have their their phone face down on the table. You get a text message. You're not allowed to see it. They might even like be cuddling with you on the couch and pull their phone away so that they can read the message and you can't see it. How am I supposed to build trust with you when you're doing things that make me distrust you? You're showing that you don't trust me or that you're hiding something you know would break my trust. See, that's where it's on the tightrope. But in like... At first glance, it sounds like, wow, this person really is interested in me. They're just not sure. Okay, like, let's move forward. Like, this is a good situation. Yeah, it sounds good, but in application, it will fuck you up. Another statement that they might make is, I think it would be better for our friendship to stay uncommitted for now and later see how we feel. The uncommitted part is the part you should be paying attention to. But very often, a person in a situationship will hear the for now part. Oh, so for now, for now, just in this moment, we'll be non-committal. But later on, we will be committed to each other. That's the tightrope right there. The for now statements. If they're making for now statements, buy that as a, that's the way it's going to be forever because you only have now to live in. There is no such thing as the future you that is living with this person. It is the you that is living with them now. So is non-commitment good for you now? Okay, because that's what you're getting. This is a really good one. This next one uh, was said to me actually... <laughs> on a dating app and I was like I know exactly what you're trying to step into with me and I am not down bro I am not down and he tried to use some emotional tightroping with me to try to convince me that um, it actually was a good idea and I was like bro no I've walked into this like you cannot fool me anymore I know better here's the statement (sighs) I want to be friends with my partner so I just want to be friends for now Okay, so in response, just like story time for this particular statement. I told him, okay, that's cool. We can be friends. But just so you know, I only have platonic relationships with my friends. So it won't go anywhere if you're just wanting to be my friend. And he tried to be like, well, I, you see, I like if you if you're interested in me, then I want to have like that friendship first. And because I want to be my best friend with my wife, I feel like this is the way to go. And I was like, well, what makes you think you can't be friends with people that you date? What makes you feel like you can't have that friendship level of intimacy with someone who you are being very clear and upfront about progressing towards a relationship with that person? Why do you have to be an actual platonic friend? Or I guess in this situation, it wouldn't be platonic at all. He was looking for a non-committal situationship type of arrangement to figure his own shit out and gentlemen that's not where you do it if you need to figure your shit out don't do it with other people involved figure it out on your own I am not your therapist I am not your mom you need to figure that out and no other woman should be in that position either okay so either you're dating or your friends there is no in between but yes that that happened to me and those statements were said to me by the person I had been in a situationship as well in not the same terms but on the same level of 
that kind of statement. And it just, they're not always going to be the same, but the, the feeling is going to be there. Avoid for now statements. Here's a good one. When you are thinking you're dating someone, you think that you are having, you know, some sort of arrangement that it comes across as you are being exclusive and you've not had the conversation about being exclusive and then you see like a dm or someone commenting on their instagram post or like they're getting snaps from a certain person a little too frequent for someone who is non-committed to like to that other person and you ask about that person and they give you statements like you don't need to worry about her she's just a friend (laughs) well newsflash honey so are you you're not his girlfriend so I'm sure that he's also telling the other girl when she sees your snaps and your messages and your comments on his stuff she's also wondering who's this and he's telling her she's just a friend so that's the first sign are you having emotional tightrope type of conversations with these people That's your first sign you're stepping into a situationship. Here's the second sign you are stepping into a situationship. Are they doing little things to set off your spidey senses? Meaning, are they doing things that make you wonder, what are they hiding? Are they going out of their way to avoid taking snaps that you can see either your face in or anything that relates to them being in your space, whether it's your apartment, your car, your backyard, whatever it is that could allude that they're not in a place that belongs to themselves, but someone else. Graham, why are you walking right on my microphone? You were perfectly content on that side of the bed. Why do you have to be on this side of the bed? Better? Is that better? Is the lighting more to your liking? Oh, you're not talking to me now. Fine, whatever. Graham and I are in a fight. Yeah, I love you. Okay, what was I saying? Okay, so they're going out of their way to make sure that you cannot be seen in anything that they're snapping to someone. Or if they get a phone call, they will walk out of the room so far away you can't hear the conversation while they answer the phone. Or they ignore the phone call. Or if they get a text message and their phone was up, they move the phone facing down. Those little things of, well, why? Why can't I see that? And it's not so much that you're trying to be nosy. This isn't us trying to be like the jealous person. It is more just like your senses go off and like you have this intuition of like, what the fuck? Why? The guy that I was in a situation ship would sometimes walk to the other side of the room to take a snap so that it wouldn't look like he was anywhere near me. Or he would take super close up pictures of his face while I was cuddling him so that they couldn't see that I was there. Like... And within the situationship contract, that is totally 100% something that they can do. But that's because it's a situationship. It's not a relationship. So if you're seeing that and your spidey senses are going off and you have not confirmed that this is a non-committal thing, here is your sign you have just walked into a situationship and that is going to be the norm. Okay. And there's another like nuanced part of this. It's not just like snaps. Like you could also like they could be telling a story or you could be asking, hey, where are you? Um, I got some pizza. You want a slice? Whatever the situation is. If you ask them, what are you doing? Where are you? Type of questions. And 
in some situations, like in my experience, when it was a guy friend, he would use their names. And even if I never met the person, he would say, I'm with my buddy, Phil. Like I would get a name. But whenever he was with a girl, he would say, I'm out with a friend. Like I, I wasn't going to catch on. <laughs> like it's like those those minor shifts in the details those minor shifts in the norm you can tell your spidey senses are going to shoot off and you're gonna be like where are they why are they hiding that from me if they are trying to build trust and connection to me that's a quick way to break it if your spider senses are going off you're not able to shake that feeling off of as you just being um, insecure or jealous, you might want to address that with them and find out whether or not you're in a situationship or not. But I'm going to tell you, you are. And that leads us into the third sign of being in a situationship. It's when you know you are not getting the kind of treatment or interaction that you would like to get from that person, but you don't want to walk away from this situation either. And yet you also don't feel like you have the right to speak up about it. You don't have the right to say, hey, I don't like this. Or can you clarify to me what's going on with this person? When you were in that very ambiguous zone, you were in a situationship. If you don't have this stance in the relationship to say shit about what's going on in relation to his interactions with other people or his interaction with you, that's a situation ship. Also, I would like to point out all of these feelings that you get, all these spidey senses, uh, emotional tightroping, all of those things that you're feeling. I want you to recognize that this is your desire to get clarity, trust, and commitment. And those needs are not getting met by this person. It is not you being too much. It is not you asking too much. In fact, you're you're perfectly find the way you are you are more than enough okay and you're not too much either you are a balanced human being by wanting those things regardless of their emotional tightroping act you are worthy of those things okay you're not being annoying you are not being inconvenient to them in fact they're trying to get the convenience out of you letting them have their cake and eat it too, like I said earlier. And the truth of the matter is, if you walked away, they would have plenty more cake to eat from other people. They are walking that tightrope with way more people than you even realize. I feel like I, I want to move on. I want to get the last step of knowing if you're in, or the last sign that you're, you know you're in a situation ship. And that last sign is, is if you have spent an ex, more than an acceptable amount of time in the undefined relationship zone and you're not seeing any growth going towards any type of commitment, you've just walked into a situation ship, you might as well uh, close the door behind you, take off your shoes. You have just settled into a non-committal zone that you will never move out of with that person. If you are months in and there isn't trust that he is faithful to you and only you, and if there is evidence that he is hiding his things on his phone around you and takes snaps in the other room, like literally he walks to the other side of the room, bro, and takes a snap, and you, he sends it to who knows who because you're not allowed to know. They're not going to let you know who they're talking to, but they're going to do it around you. Either way, you weren't in that shot. They made sure as shit no one could see you. And you know, even though you want to, you cannot DTR for reasons you can't address with them. And you're about to reach like the six month mark of that feeling. There you go. Here's your sign. Okay. You got it. You're in a situation ship. Great. 
Now that we're here, what do you fucking do? Well, first off, I would hope that you would walk away before this starts. If you want a relationship, if you're good with all of that stuff happening around you and you are good with being casual, you don't mind that they take snaps at the other side of the room or super close ups while you're cuddling so you're not in it. If you're fine with accidentally seeing some kissy face emojis being sent to them in text messages on their phone, if you are okay with all of that happening around you, then that's cool. I'm proud of you for admitting that to yourself and not being ashamed of it. But be real honest with yourself. Can you maintain that or are you going to want something from this person? No? Okay. Thank you for continuing to listen because I'm going to help you out. The first thing that you can do to try to avoid this is to learn your attachment style. That's right. We're getting into psychology. You thought this was just going to be advice? Nah, you can't do that without me getting into psychology on this podcast. Okay, attachment styles. You can do this online. Take a test. You can buy some books and learn a little bit more about it. It's particularly yours, but it would also be helpful to learn about others in your life as well uh, so you can understand the signs of it while you interact with people. I have two books currently that I'm reading about attachment styles. One is called Attached and the other one is called Insecurely in Love that was recommended to me, recommended to me, (laughs) that was recommended to me on uh, Call Her Daddy podcast. I guess it wasn't directly at me, but I I took it as recommended to me. They're both going to describe to you ways to interact with your attachment style and to improve because I'm not going to go into attachment theory. Once you've learned what your attachment style is, you're able to better understand how you are approaching other people, how are you taking their actions, and how are you speaking up about them. You can understand yourself and you'll be able to work your way into a better mindset to let go of things that aren't for you and accepting things that you're okay with accepting. After you learn your attachment style, you will learn your own your own need for emotional boundaries. And that's the first thing that situationships kind of lie. Kind, kind of lie. Kind of lack is those boundaries that you need to keep the friendship from going into a more intimate zone without commitment. Okay, let's say that you're already in a situationship and you've now looked up your attachment style. So now you understand what you are. You probably want to leave at this point, but you don't know how. Or maybe you have attempted to walk away, but then came back. A very good idea for you, and I do recommend this, is if you don't have a therapist, get one. And then talk to them about your fears that you might have something that's called abandonment melange. And see if that is something that you need to work on with them. The next thing that you need to do before you even interact with someone is... Learn the emotional mature way of seeing with your eyes over seeing with your heart. This is a term that I got kind of mixed from a therapist that I follow. And it's a good idea. I'm going to explain a little bit more into what it means to see with your eyes. It means to take the emotions out of everything that you're seeing. Everything that you associate with that person, take it out and just see clearly what they're saying, what they're doing, how they're acting. That's the information that you're taking in. Once you've removed that emotion all side out of it. Hi. Once you've removed the emotional side of that interaction 
out of what you're seeing, you will have the better emotional maturity to identify what it is and walk away for your betterment. You can even like, sometimes I'll imagine it from a perspective of a friend watching what's going on with me and watching this interaction because I know that I give way better advice to other people than I am willing to give myself (laughs) because I, I want to live in a limerent idea of my relationships. I do reach towards that. So for me, it's easier to say, well, would I allow my friend Dallas to do this? How would I react if I heard her talking this way? Like if you're finding yourself giving them excuses on why they aren't committing to you, I want you to imagine you as your best friend saying to yourself, well, isn't that convenient? It's rather convenient for them. But baby, you're my best friend and you are not a convenience store. Because what do you get at a convenience store? Cheap shit you don't really want, but will do for now. Honey, you, you are creme brulee. You can't get that at a 7-Eleven. You're not jello. And in my best friend's wedding, Julia Robert used this comparison to let Cameron Diaz know that the guy wasn't choosing her because she was, as it quotes in the movie, annoyingly perfect, like creme brulee. And he wanted a more comfortable dessert or relationship, as in jello. Cameron Diaz's uh, character reaction was, well, I could be jello if I wanted to. I have to be jello because that's what he wants. He wants jello. So I have to change myself and be a cheaper version of myself. No, no, honey. You shouldn't have to change to keep anyone. And you're not annoying in your perfection. But you know what? Julia Roberts was right in her reply to this. She says, it's such a weird movie, but like, I feel like it, it has a lot of meaning. She replies with creme brulee could never be jello. And that is a good thing. That is not something that you should ever cry over because what you deserve is a man that will come to that five-star restaurant where you are being displayed on that dessert table and say, I will pay double for that delicious looking fine ass creme brulee. So why don't we just leave that emotionally and financially broke ass man to the streets to eat his cheap ass jello? Because we're waiting for the guy who deserves us. We're waiting for the guy who is willing to put in the commitment. So bye bye. We are in it for commitment, not convenience. They are in it for convenience, not commitment. That is the difference between jello and creme brulee. Okay. Speaking of that jello creme brulee conversation. We are very um, often, um, those of us who end up in a situationship type of relationship have fallen uh, victim to limerence. I have been dropping that word throughout this entire episode. I talked about it in a previous episode, but it is the idea where you have created a fantasy, idealized version of your relationship through what you think are hidden secret like messages you're getting from that person you're reading between the lines of what actually is happening and interpreting something that isn't there you're you're giving them a story basically and that's what you're living in while they're in a completely different reality and you're not in a committed relationship with this person you're living in limerence if you think that this is going to grow anywhere without you taking everything away that is not platonic friendship you're allowing yourself to live into the fancy fantasy that they are trying to be anything with you when they're not 
if you do have some limerent tendencies, it is very normal for people to have that. It is more uh, common with people who have CPTSD. So if you have a therapist, talk to them about that. Uh, but any person can have a limerent fantasy. Another thing that might break your bubble, but will help you avoid getting into situationships is breaking your other bubble of unconditional love. People who get into situationships are very kind, loving, empathic, nurturing people who believe that, or at least they've told themselves that they have unconditional love for that person, which is why they stay longer. Because it's this idea that like, I love them unconditionally and they'll figure it out one day. Like they need to figure it out. Remember, that's what they said to me. Okay, but like, Graham, do you really have to be this fucking annoying all the fucking time? The idea of unconditional love sounds nice, but I'm going to pop that bubble. What that really means, if you're not a parent, you're saying that this person who you did not give birth to could do anything and you're okay with that. Unconditional love cannot exist in a situationship. It has to be removed. Because it means no matter what they do, no matter how much they disrespect you, no matter how much they put you through, you stay because you love them. You don't advance the situation because you love them and you want them to figure it out at their own pace. You will stay no matter how many women that he sleeps with because you're such an understanding person and you don't want to be that super judgy person that he, he's always seen in his life. Okay, no, honey, that's just disrespectful. It, it's not something that you want. And again, he's not being an evil person. He's working within the parameters he has set with you. But it is not something that you feel respected in. And your feelings are important. You have basically walked into a, a love prison cell yourself and closed the door and locked it on yourself. This person isn't doing it to you. But allow that knowledge to free you to leave. Like you have the key. Unlock it. Let's put it another way. There should be no grounds for ambiguity in your relationships. For me, this has helped a lot uh, because once you've been in a situationship with someone, it's very difficult to walk out of it. It's very difficult to set new boundaries. It's very difficult to do that. One way that I have been able to mentally train myself is... From now on, who any man at all, not just like the people I've been in situationships with, any man at all who is even casually talking to another woman and he thinks he wants to possibly date that woman can take his ambiguous ass right out of my bed and get into theirs because um, I don't need that level of distress. I need companionship, okay? So why are you wasting my fucking time? When your emotions and thoughts are only partially with me and partially with someone else. I don't share, okay? I give 100% of myself to the person I love, but with conditions. And one of those is you will be giving me 100% of yourself. And at the beginning stage, 100% of your effort into deciding if I'm the one you want. And if I'm a no, then leave. If I'm a maybe, then leave. If I'm only 80% and something that you would commit to and that 20% is what really something that you 
want and you're willing to leave over, then fucking leave. But don't play this weird game of having your cake and eating it too while you're also searching for someone else to commit to. I'm not here for it. I know I'm the full package. So if you're not picking it up and checking it out, if you're not buying the crumb brulee and putting it on your plate to devour because you know that's exactly what you want, then I'm not here for it. I do not give any more free trials on my commitment to anyone. (laughs) I am not a streaming service. That standard of no more free trials, this mindset of if I'm a maybe, it's a no, has saved me from walking into a lot of limerent situations. It saved me from slipping back into old situationship situations. Like it is a foundational conversation you need to have with yourself to make sure you're maintaining the boundaries that you need to have to avoid the situationships. I'm going to sandwich this again. No one who is trying to engage into a situationship that is an honest person in your life is evil or bad. They are just trying to get their needs met in the way that works for them. And I'm not just talking about the person that I was in a situationship with. There are a lot of people who are very close friends to me who have also engaged in situationships. They are not evil people. They just weren't able to figure out how to get their needs met in other ways. They're not bad people, okay? We're not on the hate train. But we do need to maintain those boundaries with ourselves and understand that we are lovable. We are enough. We are not annoying. And we're worth loving even in the most ugliest days of our lives. We're worth loving even if we have to bring up the thing that is making us uncomfortable with that person. And we shouldn't have to feel like our relationship is going to be on the rocks or that our relationship is going to be threatened by us having this conversation. You deserve someone who's going to work through those things with you and someone who is going to be more than willing to compromise or more than willing to stop doing those things because I know that you are a loving person who would be willing to do that kind of shit. For them, you deserve the reciprocation. Don't settle for less. Don't walk into situationships. But if you do, I am here for you. If you end up doing it, there is zero judgment on my part because I've done it. I get it. And I don't regret my situationship. I think I learned a lot from it. But I do regret the self-esteem spiral it sent me into. So I'm just trying to protect you from that. Okay? Love you so much. Today was... I guess a needed conversation, but I don't want to continue to bring this up. So I think today is going to be the last time, at least I'm going to attempt to be the last time I ever talk about the situationship again. Unless something really juicy happens, but I doubt it. So (laughs) I'm hoping to get a couple of guests on my show, uh, my show, (laughs) a couple of guests on my podcast in the uh, next few weeks. So look forward to having some really awesome conversations with some amazing people. Uh, And I will see you next Thursday. Hope you have a good one. Goodbye.